6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, just about two hours ago, it was announced that Alberta's version of Claire's Law will come into effect on Thursday, like this Thursday, April 1st. So what does that mean? Well, starting then, people who feel they are at risk of domestic violence, intimate violence, can apply for a disclosure to find out if their intimate partner has a history of domestic violence or related acts. Now, the Claire's Law also lets police disclose relevant information to people they deem might be at risk. Now, Claire's Law started in the UK back in 2014 after a woman named Claire Wood was murdered by a partner who police knew had a violent record. That information was not disclosed to Wood, and after her death, her father advocated for more more disclosure from police. And here we are. Rajan Sani is the Minister of Community and Social Services. Minister Sani joins us now. Welcome to the show. Hi there, Jalen, and what a great introduction to Alberta's versions of Clara's Law. Thank you for that. Oh, well, uh, you're welcome, and thank you for joining me this afternoon. So we know that this was a, a campaign promise by uh, the UCP government. Here it is, two days away from being implemented. How do you believe that this will help reduce those 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 numbers, those staggering numbers of, of domestic violence um, in this province? Well, first, it's a brand new tool that has never existed before in the province. Uh, Saskatchewan had introduced this um, several years back, and when I introduced this in the legislature, the intent was to actually have this out last year, but because of the pandemic, we've been a bit delayed. But like I said, this has never been available in the province before as a tool, and it will allow people who feel that they might be at risk um, in the relationship of potentially experiencing domestic violence, just to have more information so they can make that assessment themselves about their relationship. I do believe that once this will be announced, and this has been confirmed by um, the social services agencies that I've been speaking to, that once the portal opens up on April 1st, we will see some significant uptake. Minister Sony, I'm I'm interested in a couple of things uh, here. I mean, uh, anything that will uh, protect um, protect people um, from becoming um, hurt, becoming victims, I think is very very important. I have a couple of questions about confidentiality, and I I know that. Um, that as of Thursday, someone with reasonable concern can file an application to to find out more details about their their, their partner or potential uh, intimate partner. I'm wondering what reasonable concern means. I mean, is there does there have to be some sort of documentation before um, you know filing this application? I, I guess I'm I'm, I'm worried that there's the possibility that it could be misused. Great question, and certainly that very same concern was brought to us by stakeholders, and that's why we're very careful to make sure that we were operating within the parameters of the Freedom of Information and Protection Privacy Act, so FOIP. But what we have done is we have built in some good safeguards. Now, people who are 
exercising their right to ask. So if somebody feels like, you know, they're in a relationship and they want to know more information about their partner, they can apply for a disclosure through the Alberta government website. And then there will be a clearance law coordinator on the other end who will review that application and perhaps seek more information and just to make sure that it is a reasonable request and it isn't something um, exactly what you're describing. Um, could it be misused? So there is some discretion by the coordinator to make sure that it is a legitimate request. And in terms of the information that is ultimately disclosed, because of the freedom of privacy, there's also the right to freedom of privacy that's built in this legislation, actual information about criminal convictions or history would not be disclosed. The only thing that would be disclosed would be an assessment of the risk and some contextual information around it. So is it a low risk? Is it a medium risk? Is it a high risk? And what does that mean? So no actual information about uh, the individual that we're seeking disclosure of would be given to the person who's, who's applying. One of the things that Claire's Act will, uh, or Claire's Law will allow, will be for police to disclose um, relevant information to people they believe at risk. How would that work, Minister? So the police already have the right and the obligation to inform people if they are at imminent risk of violence or or anything of that nature. But the right to know is uh, where police services, if they have access to information, they can also apply for disclosure to access additional information um, about an individual that they feel that the person who is in a relationship with them should know to make sure that they have the right to know that they could be in a situation of imminent risk. Again, due to uh, privacy considerations, there are safeguards built around that to make sure that it is working appropriately. Minister Rajan Sani joining me this afternoon, the Minister of Community and Social Services here in the province of Alberta. This, as Alberta's version of Claire's Law, comes into effect on Thursday, April 1st, so two days from now. Um, Minister, I know that there have been some concerns in Saskatchewan that um, the RCMP there have not been using this or not been accessing it like maybe it was hoped because they're saying that they were federally regulated not provincially and so there's concern i think among some rural communities about how this might impact the the availability the use of it in um in in areas outside of our bigger jurisdictions what's being done in alberta to address those concerns Thank you, and those are valid concerns because obviously, as you've just said, we've we've seen some reticence from the RCMP, and I know that in our stakeholder engagement with police services, these were there were a number of concerns that were brought up, but ultimately, everybody across the board that we engaged with was supportive. Again, some of this re- these concerns related to privacy considerations and using federal databases. Uh, and also making sure that we were not um, circumventing our agreements with the federal government in terms of how that data was used. And that's why when we talk about the information that we're, we're going to be ultimately disclosing to applicants, that information, again, does not contain any history at all or any details because you're also protecting the victims as well. The only information disclosed is uh, the level of risk and um, some contextual information. 
So that was that little piece was a part of the reticence uh, from the RCMP in terms of how are we using this data and are we using it in an appropriate fashion that complies with our agreements with the federal government. So the Alberta RCMP on board? Yes, they are. Okay. Um, before I let you go, because I'm sure you have a, a busy schedule this afternoon, Minister, I know that there have been some other, you know, critics of Claire's laws, just con- concern about, uh, you know, just really how much it will reduce overall domestic violence rates. Uh, there are there have been some that have said, you know what, victims, the biggest um, barriers that victims face are finding housing and what to do if they have children. Um, I know in the last uh, provincial budget, the funding for um, you know shelters uh, across the province held um, pretty firmly, which was great to see. But what about things like more first stage shelters in this province, a place where you know uh, where where people could turn to and make sure that they're not you know chock full all the time. That we have the room for for women and and kids um, or men, whomever, um, to turn to when they need it. Yeah, excellent question, and and I and I completely get it because these are questions I've asked myself as well, and my department and members of the ministry. And and the reality is is that the numbers of domestic violence are going up. We have seen that. There is empirical evidence that indicates that. And I think even in our post-pandemic reality, we will see those numbers escalate as well. And that's why it's really important right now that we really collaborate with our social service partners because the pandemic has also brought some opportunities to to synergize and leverage on our existing relationships so i'm going to be keeping a very close eye on the landscape to see what is happening and i i know that as you had also mentioned that the funding has been maintained for women's shelters Uh but we're going to look beyond that too to see what other kinds of supports and services that we can offer and Claire's Law is, is just one tool in the toolbox for prevention. There's a whole plethora of supports that are available. And you know what? I think this pandemic will also reveal to us some additional opportunities that we need to pursue to make sure we can get supports available to those who are experiencing domestic violence. So I guess to summarize exactly what I'm saying, there's a lot to learn. There's some opportunities. As government, I'm committed to making sure that we do whatever we can to ensure that those supports are available. And we will see. We will see what sort of uh, additional shelter funding will be required. Well, you know what? I know there's a lot of folks out there that will be uh, holding you to that, Minister. I appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jaylen. Appreciate the opportunity.